morning. Good morning. <laughs> I, I must say, I, the first person, that, as I walked down the stairs from being up in my study, the first person I met was Debbie at the bottom of the stairs who said, Oh, you've got new glasses. New gl- so I, I'm just actually saying, this is, you're looking good today. Because um, I had cataract surgery back in, I don't know, sometime in the middle of the year. And um, having had the cataract surgery, the glasses that I had were no longer um, of the right prescription for my eyes. So um, I, they say you have to wait and let them settle down and whatever. We also had to wait until we could afford for me to buy glasses. And um, so we had to hang on. And then I've, I went in, got my new And this week, Monday, I went and picked up my glasses and... Uh, yeah, you're looking good. Yeah. This, this is quality. Wow. Um, one of the things that we're doing here at church at the moment um, with our life groups, we're following through, we're looking at um, a book by a guy called T- uh, Tony Merida. And it's called Love Your Church. I got um, directed to it from Sally in the summer and uh, Sally Knowles' daughter Anna was um, using this in their life groups in the church that she goes to so I thought oh I'll pick it up and have a read and I thought you know there's some good stuff in here and one of the things that we've noticed certainly talking to other church leaders um, around the town and beyond is that uh, things have changed in the way that people connect with each other and uh, connect with their local church. And a number of different church leaders are talking about how can we help uh, our church members, those who attend, who come regularly, to uh, get a fresh vision of uh, what God has brought together under the, the, the mantle of this funny thing called church. Well, this is the resource that we're going to use. And there's eight chapters in here. And I've just taken the theme for each of the chapters. And for the next eight Sundays, we're going to look at them. And as you can see up here, Love Your Church is the name of the book. And today we're looking at belonging. And we're going to go around the circle and we'll look at each of those uh, uh, different attributes of the church and um, I, I don't know whether it, it works the same for you as it does for me. I, I, I love to just belong and to be part of something. I, I can remember my um, secondary school years. My secondary school years were probably my lonely years. Mainly due to the fact, and I'm going to blame, blame my parents on this one, 100%, <laughs> is that we lived... Close enough to the secondary school that the expectation was that we would go home for lunch. And the thing about that was I could walk home, have my dinner, and then walk back to school, ready in time for the afternoon uh, lessons. The only thing about it was that all of those, which are like my, my mates, in the loosest sense of the term, all of my mates used to stay at school, have their sandwiches, because very few people had the school dinners, but have their, and then they would be involved in some activity. They would playing games on the field or doing something. And that's when they bonded and they, they actually connected. Well, due to the fact that I was told that I had to go home 
and have my lunch, which meant I never connected with them. And therefore, my secondary... And I want some pity here. Can you just come on this? Uh, my secondary school years were quite challenging, which meant that when I went in to do my A-levels, went to um, Cricklade College in Ando, I made a point of, I'm, I'm, I'm staying around. I'm, I'm hanging about. So and we used to have something in those days called a common room, and, and that's where I used to hang out in the common room. And then I built a sort of a, a better network of, of friends, and I felt part of what was going on. The five years at secondary school, I don't really feel I connected very well. And one of the things I suppose that I realized more than anything was that I crave belonging. I want to be part of something. And if I'm not part of it, I feel sort of vulnerable, lonely. I had a meeting recently with our regional minister and uh, I was having coffee with him here and, and his name's Colin and we were sat chatting about all sorts of things. And, um, and he was specifically talking about how things were going here at, at uh, Basingstoke Baptist Church. And uh, and I talked to him about the changes and, and how things had changed since we had uh, um, our church life pastor unable to be able to be involved in the life of the church anymore because of sickness and, and the changes that have come over us with COVID. And, uh, and one of the really interesting things was that, that he sort of summed up our conversation and said, Dave, you sound like you're lonely. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I've, I think I am. And it, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been here during the day. If you've ever, ever been here during the day, if there's any noise or anything happening downstairs, I usually come and have a bit of a nose. If I'm upstairs doing some work, I, I come down, I want to see what's going on. Because I like to belong. It's not that I want to get involved or take over or control. That's not my character. But I like to just know what's going on. Don't laugh in the background. <laughs> I just like knowing what's happening. <laughs> Belonging. And the thing about it is, uh, the first chapter of this book that we're going to go through picks up on the, one of the attributes of the church, is the fact that it is a place where we belong. You belong here. Can I just say to you this morning, you belong here. You thought you made a decision today to leave home or wherever you've come from and come and be part here. Some of you have stayed at home and are watching this on the telly or on your computer. But the truth of the matter is, is that you belong. This isn't something that you um, in some way think, so well, I'll dip into here or, or you know, maybe participate a little bit or I'll just go and observe. When we read in the scripture about what does it mean to be church, the key thing is that it's a gathering of people who belong together. So, I mean, you might look around now. I mean, if you just have a quick look around, just glance at the odd pods in here. And you don't have to glance away from looking up at me, to be honest. Um, and Roger's on the front row. You can all see, see Roger, yeah. But we, we belong together. And I love the fact that the Bible is very clear about the, the, the importance of recognizing that we belong together. 
This is your gang. This is your, your crowd. These are your... And I, I would love it to be a point where, do you know what? Basically, Baptist Church is made up of, of friends, uh, colleagues, comrades. It's one of those interesting things, isn't it? That the more you get involved in the mission and the ministry of a church, the more that you connect with the people around you. If you just attend and come, you belong. You're very much part of us. But once we start to roll up our sleeves and do things together, suddenly there is um, a brother and sisterhood. There is a, a connecting I remember one of my favourite TV programmes was a programme called Band of Brothers. Did you see in that HBO series? It was about um, a paratroop regiment in the Second World War. I think it was the Second World War. Might have been the first. I can't remember anyway. But any, the thing about it was there were the, these guys who were forced together because there was military action kicking off and they were part of a group who were sent on mission together and they had to work together, look out for one another and the bonds that were built and strengthened as they did things together was mind-blowing. You know, when somebody turns around and says, you know, I die for you, the reality was that is where they were at. They gave themselves for each other. And I think one of the aspects of the church that I would love to see fostered to a, a new degree of intensity is that awareness that you belong and you know that you belong, but you're also aware of the others who belong too. And we have that deepening of a relationship and a commitment to each other. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I was looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 as I was thinking about communion. It's always good to read those words again. And then I jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and start to pick up on the way that Paul drew the followers of Christ together to understand who they were and how they were connected. Unity was a big thing. Well, I'm just going to pick up on a few things. There's a necessity of being united. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. There's nothing more united than a body. You see, everywhere I go, every part of me is with me. Everywhere you go, every part of you is with you. Unless you've got false teeth, because there's sometimes you might leave a part behind. Uh, maybe even if your glasses wearer, you know, it's an accessory, but it's a necessity, isn't it? But the truth is, how we're meant to be um, recognizing the body is remembering that we are all a part 
of this amazing thing called the body of Christ. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body. We are the body of Christ here, but we recognize we're part of the body of Christ in this town. There are multiple congregations, gatherings, which are part of the body. And then we join as a town with the body of Christ in this nation. And then around the world, there's one body. And the body of Christ has many parts. The thing that I love about what Paul says here is he says, and by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. There's that point in time. There's that point in time when we move from darkness into light. There's a point in time when we move from being lost to being found. And that point in time is that moment of recognition that God has got a calling upon your life and you're going to respond to that calling. That response to that calling is an acknowledgement that you have sinned. The scripture says very clearly, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we recognize that we are derailed in life by sin, we recognize that there is a need for a savior. And God has sent his son, our savior, into the world. And those who call upon his name will be saved And there's this amazing transaction that happens. My recognition in need of a saviour, my confession of my sinfulness, my desire and request and calling upon the name of the Lord and my turning from being for myself, Dave is number one, to Jesus as my Lord. And when Jesus is my Lord, then... The scripture says, as Paul writes here, I am baptized by one spirit into one body. We often think about baptism as being this uh, immersion in water. Water baptism is one expression of baptism. Baptismo just means to be immersed, covered, soaked And Paul talks here about the baptism of the Spirit. And by one Spirit, we are baptized. There's an encounter that happens with Jesus. And the result of that encounter is that I'm part of the body of Christ. And that happens at our point of conversion. When we say, Jesus, be my Lord. And stuff fits into place. Because Jesus is the Son of God... We, baptized into Christ by the one spirit, are children of God. Because he has eternal life, we have eternal life. Because he is righteous, we have been declared righteous. Because he was crucified, you have been considered to have been crucified with Christ. Because he rose from the dead, you will also rise from the dead. Because he is the heir to the kingdom, you are co-heirs. It happens at that moment of coming to Christ. We are baptized into one body. I love the way that uh, Paul reminds us that it's a body where there is uh, absolute unity He picks up on the fact, doesn't he? He says here quite clearly that 
were baptized into one spirit, whether Jews or Greeks. Jews and Greeks didn't like each other, had nothing to do with each other. Their desire was to be separated. Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Greeks, those who were God's chosen people and those who were not God's people. And Paul says, you are baptized into one body. There isn't that division between your religious affirmations. And then he goes on to say, it's not just about your religious connections, whether you are God's people or not God's people. It's about your social status as well. Whether you're slave or whether you are free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. Which is why when we gather together as the body of Christ, when we come together as the church, we are made up with so many different individuals, different backgrounds, from different nations, with different experiences, with different bank balances. We drive different cars, or not, as the case may be. And this is the diversity that comes together. The the Lord, just by his amazing way he works with us, can say, do you know what, this is going to work. We turn around and say, no, it's going to work, it's not going to work, it's be a right mess but it isn't a mess it's far from it see what Paul says is not a church for the Jews and for the Greeks or the Gentiles there's no church for the slaves and those for the free there's no church for the upper class and the working class there's no church division for those of this nation or from other nations there is only one And Paul is helping us to understand that we belong to that one church. We are united. You belong. You belong. Not only is there uh, an understanding of belonging, but there's also that we're all different. I mean, that's the other side of things, isn't it? We are different. This is what Paul says. He goes on to say, now the body is not, uh, made up of, uh, is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? The diversity, the difference. We are all different, but we all have a place. I I think about... Football, for instance, if it got to a certain part of a game and there's a a huddle coming and everybody gets together, um, 22 men, well, it's not, there's only be 11, isn't there? Because they wouldn't have all of them in because otherwise the other people would know what you're going to do. But let's get the 11 together. And if they're discussing the tactics for the the next uh, part of the game and if the defenders turned around and said, well, hang about here... um, 
unless I'm a striker, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm going to go and sit this one out. Well, that, that's not how it works. You're part of the team, but as a team, you've got a role to play. The goalkeeper isn't the striker. The defender isn't the goalkeeper. We are all part of a team. We have gifts and abilities that help us to do everything that the Lord has called us to do. I find this illustration that, that Paul uses quite um, comical, really. This whole thing about the body and, and the body having a conversation with itself and, you know, a, a foot questioning his role in light of what the hands do. I mean, the hands, you know, these hands are piano-playing hands. They are writing hands, typing hands. And then the fee thing says, well, I don't ever get any involvement in the typing. I don't get asked to sign any documents. I just really don't feel that there's a part for me to play. And Paul just flips it around and says, hang about. All of you are important. When I get up in the morning, I don't know if anybody else gets up in the morning and does this sort of thing or not, as the case may be. I'm saying that I don't do this thing. I get up, get out of bed, and the body just starts just, starts just doing its thing. Walking around, picking stuff up, sorting myself out, ready for the day. I, you know, I don't have to check in and get an email from every part of my body saying, and my lungs are saying, hey, Dave... We had a bit of a lot of breathing to do yesterday, so can you be easy on the breathing today? Or, you know, I just think bladder says something, you know. Well, I don't know, sometimes bladder does talk to you, doesn't it? It suddenly <laughs> wakes you up in the middle of the night and suddenly you think, oh, okay. My life is now bathroom focused or whatever. But the truth of the matter is that in the body context, Everything is just functioning. And health, I suppose, the, the definition of health is everything doing what it's meant to do when it's meant to do it, in tune with everything else. And when we are diseased in some way, it's when there's some part that's unable for whatever reason to do what it's meant to do. But the key thing about it, as Paul says here in 1 Corinthians, is that everybody's got a part to play. There's no superior and inferior. There's no better and worse. It's about necessity. And I think one of the things that um, we looked at last weekend when... Uh, good number of us came together to do a uh, Finding Your Gift course, and, and I highly recommend we need to do that with more people. One of the things is, is that, that God has set us apart with a ministry that's going to enable this church, wherever the church is, where actually where the person with those gifts are, is able to function to its fullest capabilities. We have all the resources right here, right now, for doing everything that God wants to do with us right now. The only thing about it is, is empowering people so that they know that, that they belong, but also have something 
not only in themselves being valuable as they are as individuals, but they carry something for the benefit of the body. You see, what Paul talks about here is there's a, a need for unity, you belong, but there's also a recognition of the fact that we are all different. And the reasons why we are different is because we've all got different things to do. Which brings us to the next point, which is our final point, is the fact that in being united and different, we are dependent. Just to confess, I need you. I need you. Now, we can flip that around and just remind you, you need me. (laughs) And this is our team together as the body of Christ. I need you and you need me. Just to put out there, out there, I, I, I have, I don't know whether there's a. I'm going to have to find out. I went to and met with a a minister recently, a friend of mine who's now retired, but he went to a um, retirement preparation seminar. So what they do, I think this is how it works. Did it happen in your day, Trevor? When you come towards the end of your ministry in a place. The Baptist Union then take you away and tell you what you can do, what you can't do, what they've got available for you, how they're supporting you. Did it happen? Something like that? Yeah. The only thing about it is, that is a man-made thing, because I can't see anything in the scripture that talks about retirement. There's nothing. Shall I tell you? I know, no, no. I'll tell you what. The point when you retire with regard to Christian ministry is that point when there's all those people stood around a hole in the ground looking at a box that you're in. That's when things stop. Because there's absolutely no way, I believe, in any way, shape or form, that God would bring together this diversity of gifts and then, when somebody gets to an age, say, oh, and by the way, you're no longer part of that. You're not involved in this anymore. This is absolute tripe. You see, how can we go on as a body if we take those people with wisdom and gifts and experience and say, oh, we're just taking you out now and we're just going to put you over there. Just put you out to grass. Is that the term? That's not how it works. Paul says there is a calling upon us until we are called home. And there's a place for each and every one of us in the body of Christ. And sometimes you might think to yourself, well, I am unable to do things because I'm not as active as I was, because I have restrictions over my life. No, that just changes the dimension. When you can't get out, get on your knees. If you can't get down on your knees, because that happens when you get a bit older... Then sit in the. I don't think Jesus ever says, you know what, I wasn't listening to your prayers today because you weren't on your knees. I recognize that there's a dimension of mission and ministry that changes in the body of Christ as we mature. But there is no point where it says, stop. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 
to 23, or no, I'm going to take you to 26. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. No person in this church can say to another person, you're not necessary. Because God says you are. And in the sort of 30 years that I've been doing this, I've always worked out on the basis that God trumps everything. So when he says it, then, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. We're going with what he says. And he says, I need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Do you feel limited, restricted? Do you feel um, unable to do things? Well, Paul is saying here is that point when you feel weakest is the point where you are most valuable. And we say, well, no, no, the most valuable is the ones who can get in, do stuff, roll up their sleeves. That's not what Paul says. Remember that the body of Christ is a place where you belong. And it's life membership. You're in it to the end. I think this is one of the challenges when we look at membership as a Baptist church. We actually specify that when somebody who, or family, or individuals, or couples, or whatever, have been coming on a regular basis, and they're part of the worshipping congregation, we give the opportunity to become a member. And a member is somebody who has followed through with what the Word of God says, that you are saved, you are in a relationship with Jesus. You've witnessed to that by uh, going through the waters of baptism. And you are committed to the body of Christ, this church. And if this is your home, and if this is the place where you come to uh, feed, this is also the place where you would come to serve and give of yourself. And membership is just one of the things that we do within the Baptist family that says, well, we take it really seriously. We want to make sure that you're looked after, but also that we find out where your gifts are, where your abilities are, so that we can release you into the best place for you. Baptist church membership. If you're not a member and you've been coming here regularly, you need to inquire about membership. Come into membership. It would be good, actually, if there was like a minister's bonus on numbers of members. (laughs) Maybe I would get more then, you know. But we're very lax on it. But the truth of the matter is, if you're part of the body here, then you should be a member. And with membership here, within the Baptist Church, you get the opportunity to come together at least five times a year at church meetings and be involved in what happens. Now, what we're trying to do is trying to elevate the truth of what happens in a church meeting to rec- for people to recognize you have a voice. What is God saying to you? It's not just me or the deacons who spend time in the presence of God seeking the direction of the church. We all should be doing that. And the church meeting is the beautiful place where we share what God is saying to us and we're working on that. The body of Christ. A place where you are recognized that you're indispensable. You're indispensable. Just look around at the indispensable people here. What an amazing group you are. 
On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable. And the parts that think they are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are uh, unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body. Unity again. No division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it that the body of Christ should be a place where there are celebrations always because if you're going through a good thing then we want to celebrate with you we want to honor you we want to party with you that's the way it goes but also in the same sense if things are difficult and are challenging that the body of Christ is meant to be the place and this is what we would love it to be is meant to be the place where we gather around and support and encourage you so that things are not as difficult as they could be the beautiful thing about this church is that we have resources and the cool thing is that we are able to step in and to help out in all sorts of situations when people struggle. And we want to do that because we believe that that is what the body of Christ is called to do. This is what it says in verse 22. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. If things are difficult, can we walk with you through that? Because you're necessary and we want to help you through. I always love those words from Psalm 23, isn't it? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I love it, it's because it's walking through. You don't stay in the valley, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And the, tree, the, the beauty of the body of Christ, the church, is that we don't walk through on our own, we walk through together. Because we belong together. So if things are challenging, we want to rally with you. Which is why we like small groups. Because in small groups, people can be more intimate and share what's going on. And if they share what's going on, there's an opportunity for us to support. Verse 26 just picked up on that. If one part suffers, every part suffers. So if things ain't going right, things aren't going well, we're not going right and we're not going well and that's not the way that it should be we want to carry each other through those difficult times those challenging times because we are the body of Christ just because my foot sometimes gives me a bit of pain I don't just chop it off and just say oh can't be bothered with you anymore foot chuck you out no, we, we work on it until it feels better and now is able to function and do what it was meant to do. You're necessary, that's the key thing. You're necessary. And this verse here that picks up on the fact that you're honoured. We want to honour each other. We shed tears with those who are shedding tears. And we celebrate with those who 
are celebrating. And we do that because we belong. Paul just picks up on the fact that we belong. My favorite verse in uh, the New Testament, I think, is this reminder from 1 Peter. And I want to say this over you today. You are a chosen people. God chose you. You are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. The whole thing about priesthood is that that there is somebody who can go into the presence of God. Somebody who can speak and then hear. There once upon a time was a group of people who that was their job. To spend time in the presence of God. And then bring what the Lord was saying back to the people. But now that's the gift that's given to us all. We are co-heirs with Christ, the King of Kings. Therefore royalty is in our blood. Because we follow Jesus. And we can speak and hear what God has to say. Not only are we chosen, we are a royal priesthood, we are those who can communicate with God, we are a people who are set apart, a holy nation. Our God is holy, he's made us holy, and we are a holy nation. I'm just walking out of here today, when you've had your coffee at the end, heading back home, holy, 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 that's who you are. A people belonging to God. If you were a Toy Story character and you checked on the bottom of your shoe, you would have gods. You belong to God. Jesus is paid at a price. When we went off to school, we used to have our name tags sewn in the back of our shirts. That was how it was in my day. I knew my stuff, and this belonged to me. I don't do it now, by the way, I just say that. But but it's got a name tag. It belongs. My stuff has my name in it. And God has his name on you, because you belong to him. So if there's any doubts today, we just want to get rid of those in the mighty name of Jesus. Any questioning whether you're part of the body of Christ, whether you're involved. Today, the message is very clear that if you have placed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, recognized your sin, confessed, called upon the name of the Lord, you're following Christ, then you're part of the body and you belong. And as the pastor at the front here this morning, I just want to say, we need you. We need you. Because you're here, you carry something that is significant for us and everything that we do as the body of Christ here on Brighton Hill. You're necessary. 
And just to remind you that God chose you. He set you apart. You belong to him. We're so pleased you're here and part of what God's passion and mission is for this season at this time, right now, right here. As the worship team come, ready to lead us into communion, allow me to lead you in prayer. want to say thank you Lord thank you that you have adopted us you've welcomed us into your presence and you've called us to be your sons and daughters I thank you that it was your initiative nothing of our making nothing of our doing but totally of you I thank you for the diversity, even in this room today, Lord, of individuals with multiple experiences, a multitude of gifts and abilities, a phenomenal wealth of wisdom. And I thank you today, Lord, that you, through your word, have made it so clear that we belong. Nobody is sidelined. Nobody is discounted. Everybody is welcome. Everybody is important. Because the seal that you have placed on us as your children. As we prepare to gather around your table this morning, Lord, would you help us to see how loved we are in Jesus' name. Amen.